What's up everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Da Vinci Cases. Alright, so the way this works is we've got a clinical case followed by a board style question. So we're going to go through the question stem, point out the relevant clinical findings, take a look at the question and the answer choices, and then kind of divert for a minute and go through the relevant concepts to answering the question. Then we'll come back and apply those concepts that we went over to answering the question. So for this case, we have a 71-year-old man, and he's presenting to the primary care physician's office with intermittent hemoptysis, so coughing up blood. You always wanna take this seriously. It has a pretty long differential, but some main things you wanna be thinking about are lung cancer, sarcoidosis is something you'd wanna be thinking about, autoimmune disorders, infections, specifically fungal, or depending on what part of the world they're coming from, TB can cause hemoptysis. Then some other rare things are bleeding disorders, vascular malformations, so like AVMs, that's of interest to the interventional radiologists out there because we can embolize these, which is pretty cool. And then obviously trauma can cause it. Trauma to the chest, the lungs can cause hemoptysis as well. Probably not going to see a trauma coming into an outpatient office, but definitely always want to keep that in mind. Okay, so he has intermittent hemoptysis. He's also been experiencing fatigue, generalized weakness, and abdominal pain, and these have all been occurring for about one month. So these are not super acute where they've been happening in the last few hours, the last day, but they're not something that's super chronic either. So it's kind of been happening over a, you know, relatively new over a one month period. So with these symptoms, fatigue, generalized weakness, Definitely, you could see that with malignancy. You definitely could also see it with autoimmune. You could see it with an infection as well. So they're not too specific. These are called nonspecific symptoms for a reason. Abdominal pain, again, could be something completely different. He could have something else going on or it could be related. We just have to read on and see. So he denies chest pain. You definitely would want to rule out or not be as suspicious for cardiac. You know, you can never fool. You can obviously someone with abdominal pain can be cardiac, but especially with a question like this, Chest pain kind of decreases your suspicion that it's cardiac, unless you see something else that points contrary. Shortness of breath as well. So he denies shortness of breath, denies chest pain, denies shortness of breath. So shortness of breath, typically you'd see that with a COPD picture. You could also see it with a pneumoconiosis. So those would be less likely. doesn't entirely rule them out. Probably need imaging to fully rule those out but it's kind of lower, it makes it less suspicious, especially in a question scenario like this. And then he also denies nausea and vomiting. So nausea and vomiting, obviously also nonspecific, obviously, you know, an acute infection or something like that, something going on in the abdomen. So you just have to take that at face value. So his, also, his wife relates that he has had frequent episodes of confusion over the past month as well. So confusion, if you're already suspicious for malignancy, that also can make you concerned for possible brain meds. You definitely want to think about that as well. The other thing you could think about with that that can cause confusion, weakness, fatigue is hypercalcemia, high, so high levels of calcium. So either a parathyroid, so you could have primary hyperparathyroidism with a, an elevated parathyroid hormone. The other thing you could think about is you know maybe the patient's just consuming a high amount of calcium, or or there are certain tumors that secrete what's called parathyroid hormone related peptide as well. So you want to keep those in mind as well. Physical exam is remarkable for four out of five muscle weakness. So he's got some weakness 
and then one plus reflexes. So he's got diminished reflexes in all four extremities. So he's got four out of five muscle weakness and one plus reflexes in all four extremities. So he's got weakness, which corresponds to what he's feeling symptoms wise, and then his reflexes are diminished. His past medical history is notable for hypertension and hyperlipidemia, so cardiac risk factors. His medications include amlodipine and atorvastatin. So his amlodipines for his blood pressure, Torvastatins for his hyperlipidemia. You know, you can always think about it medications as well. These aren't the typical side effect. Amlodipine often causes swelling. Torvastatin can cause some muscle pain, but it's, again, it's kind of lower. You have to consider the whole picture here. It's not the only thing. And it's not like he just started it and now he's having this muscle pain. So not as likely. He has smoked two packs of cigarettes per day for 50 years. That's definitely relevant, especially in hemoptysis. Older guy, 50 years, so significant smoking history. Definitely you want to be thinking about lung cancer. This is probably a guy who should be getting a CT scan if he hasn't already in his past medical history. Significant smoking history, hemoptysis. He may have just bought himself a CT. You would probably do a chest x-ray in the interim, but probably going to end up getting a CT in this guy. He drinks three beers per day, so he's got a pretty significant alcohol use as well. He worked as an insurance salesman for 45 years. So that's important because remember I was talking up here about pneumoconiosis. So if they had said he'd worked you know, in a shipyard or if he had worked as a coal miner for 45 years. That would be more relevant. You'd be thinking of more of a pneumoconiosis type picture potentially. So insurance salesman, you know, he's in an office, maybe he's traveling a little bit, but he's not having any of the classic exposures for a pneumoconiosis that you would think of. So here you go. He's got the chest CT. It shows a hilar mass, which means that it's around the hilum of the lung where the, you know, the trachea and the vessels and nerves are either entering or exiting the lung, the hilum. So it's a more central lesion. The hilar mass arising from the left primary bronchus. So there, there you go. So it's coming from the bronchus itself. A biopsy of this mass is done and it is shown in the image below. So here it is. So this is, you know, often on these exams, whether it's a school exam or the USMLE, some of the shelf exams even do this too, where they'll give you histopathology image here, where you've got to kind of figure out what's going on. The big clue they're trying to give you here is these guys right here that you see. What these guys are called are keratin pearls. And so this is kind of just a buzz thing you got to know for, you know, for these exams and is, is putting this all together. We'll come back to this in a second, but these are what the exact diagnosis is. You may already know if you know, if you know what it is, but we'll put this, this is so knowing that these are keratin pearls on the biopsy is shown here. Also, this is, you can see these, how these cells are very scrambled. You can see how they're in different phases of mitotic division. So you can see how the nuclei aren't all uniformly the same. You see how they're kind of almost in some of these different phases of mitosis. These are also all features that are highly concerning for malignancy. Uh, you can see here where these are kind of the chromosomes here are kind of lining up. Again, so all of these, the tissue is very disorganized. This is all very concerning for malignancy. So like we always do, let's sum up the key findings here. Elderly man with symptoms suspicious for malignancy. You know, he's got hemoptysis, fatigue, adrenalized weakness, symptoms of hypercalcemia for sure here. I mean, he's got fatigue, he's got weakness, he's got abdominal pain, he's got confusion. Those are all symptoms of hypercalcemia. His findings, he also has exam findings for hypercalcemia, muscle weakness, and diminished reflexes. This is one of those things you got to know and you got to be able to kind of pick up on these types of things. It's just coming through experience. You do enough of these questions or you see enough of these patients and you'll know or read enough about it. You know, it's just something that kind of comes through experience. You just got to hit the cue banks and do enough questions. Medical history is significant for cardiovascular risk. So hypertension, hyperlipidemia, not much more here that that's relevant. That's almost not even relevant. We just want to mention it for completeness sake. Significant smoking history, like I mentioned, his work history is not significant for a pulmonary fibrosis risk. So that's important to know here. And then he has a hilar mass on CT that is central and it has the biopsy results showing the keratin pearls that we went through here. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break from the case right now. 
to let you know that DaVinci Cases is brought to you by DaVinci Academy, which provides online video courses for the medical basic sciences. These courses are taught using a variety of teaching methods, including bullet point outlines, diagrams, radiology images, and chalk talks to explain the fundamental concepts. We then teach the application of those concepts to numerous clinical pearls that are frequently tested on medical school exams and the USMLE. Our video courses are available on our website, dviacademy.com, as monthly subscriptions starting at $9.99 per month. Each video course has a corresponding outline format textbook as well. You can find the link to our website in the description below. Also be sure to use the discount code DC20 to receive 20% off any of our video courses. Now back to the case. So let's take a break here for a second to talk about central lung cancers versus peripheral. Obviously in real life it can vary somewhat, but especially on these exams you want, these are these are kind of little clues that can really help you narrow down the differential here. Because lung cancer, the answer is never going to be just lung cancer. It's going to be a very specific type of lung cancer. You know, is it small cell? Is it lung adenocarcinoma? Is it large cell carcinoma? Is it squamous cell? So we got to be able to use as many clues as we can to help narrow that down. If you look at this diagram here, we have the trachea coming down, you have the primary bronchus here. The hilum is right here or right here. So our mass in, the, in this patient right here is in this portion here in the hilum coming off the left primary bronchus. And remember, you know, you have vessels coming in and out here, arteries, veins, you have nerves. This is kind of the entry point and exit point of the lung. And it's the same thing on this side. This is a central lesion. So it's in the center here. You know, a central lesion could be here or here or here versus a peripheral lesion, which is out here. So for central cancers, central lung cancers, you want to think about small cell carcinoma and squamous cell carcinoma. So those are the two right there. So we've kind of already, if you go off of the location, again, you want to consider the whole picture, obviously, as always, but you're kind of very suspicious for these two right here. And just for complete, completeness sake, peripherally, you want to be thinking about if it was a peripheral tumor, like a subpleural lesion where it's just below the pleura, is adenocarcinoma and large cell carcinoma. So if we come back to here, and again, we think about it's a central lesion, keratin pearls. What we want to think about is the diagnosis here. And so the diagnosis here is actually a squamous cell carcinoma. And the way we know that is it's central, is significant smoking history. Not all lung cancer is, is directly related to smoking. There's a significant per percentage of adenocarcinoma that is, are non-smokers. And then the big thing that gives this away is the keratin pearls. So you put all of these together, pretty most likely squamous cell carcinoma. A small cell, it's more, they has these kind of small, dark blue cells that you'll see, and they're, and they're, they're very no numerous and clustered together, and that's what you'd more so see on a biopsy. And so that's helped the biopsy here is really kind of the defining. That's why we do the biopsy. So what this question is asking you essentially is which of the following is most likely elevated in this patient. So it gives you here, as you can kind of peek here, a bunch of hormones. It's asking you really what, which of the following is most likely elevated in a patient with lung squamous cell carcinoma. So this first answer choice here, adrenal corticotropic hormone, that's ACTH. You actually see that with small cell carcinoma. That's usually the most likely lung cancer that's going to secrete that. You'll, you'll see here small cell carcinoma can secrete a lot of different hormones. Obviously, there's tumors outside of the lungs that can secrete ACTH, you know, renal cell carcinoma. So the big thing with ACTH is that it's high cortisol. You know, it stimulates high cortisol release from the adrenal gland. So you're going to see symptoms of Cushing's. And so you just don't see those here in this patient. You know, as we said, these are more symptoms of hypercalcemia, which are not a result of 
high cortisol. Antidiuretic hormone can also be secreted by small cell carcinoma. ADH, if, as, you as you may recall, stimulates water uptake in the uh, nephron of the kidney, specifically in uh, states of hypovolemia. And then you also see it in states where the serum osmolarity is, is increased as well. And again, you just don't see the symptoms of that. You'd see symptoms of volume overload. SIADH is, is the name of the syndrome you would see, and you just don't see the symptoms of that here. Norepinephrine, which is obviously a catecholamine, and you see symptoms as a result of that, increased heart rate, increased blood pressure, headaches. Those are secreted by a tumor called a pheochromocytoma, which is a tumor found in the adrenal gland. And again, you just don't have those symptoms here where, you know, the, they have unexplained hypertension. He has a known history of hypertension. This is usually, you know, like your 35-year-old who's a marathon runner and they're still, you know, their blood pressure is 160 over 90 and you can't really figure out why. That's kind of the classic scenario you would see for that. So, you, so norepinephrine would not be increased in this patient. Antibodies against presynaptic calcium channels. This is pretty rare, but the te different tests like to ask about this because this is also secreted by small cell carcinoma. This is called Lambert-Eden syndrome. This causes significant muscle weakness because it's specifically in the channels that affect, in the synapses that affect stimulation of muscles. So you see significant muscle weakness. So this is something else you can see. It's really these antibodies and they, and they attack these channels. It's almost like an autoimmune type of effect. Parathyroid hormone-related peptide, I mentioned this, it acts like parathyroid hormone, so it's going to stimulate increased calcium, and you can see this in squamous cell carcinoma, so this is looking our, like our answer choice. For completeness sake, beta-human chorionic gonadotropin, or beta-HCG, which is you know also tested in pregnancy tests. You see this in large cell carcinoma of the lung, actually. You can also obviously see it in germ cell tumors and other tumors outside of the lungs as well, but large cell carcinoma of the lung, you can definitely see it. So that's a good thing to keep in mind. You will not see it typically in squamous cell carcinoma. So to summarize, this is a patient with a squamous cell carcinoma of the lung that is secreting parathyroid hormone-related peptide that is causing symptomatic hypercalcemia. All right, that's all I have for you this time. Be sure to check out all the Da Vinci Cases videos available on our YouTube channel and our website, dviacademy.com. The PDF notes for every Da Vinci Cases is also available on our website. Also be sure to check out our podcast, The Da Vinci Hour, where we interview attendings and residents across medicine to learn more about their experiences, their specialties, and to get their insights on navigating a career in medicine. You can find the Da Vinci Hour podcast on our website, or any platform where podcasts are found. Lastly, you can find all of our video courses and corresponding outline format books on our website. Don't forget to use the discount code DC20 for 20% off.